0: And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have festival respect, the second one is commitment, the third one passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable.
1: Welcome into the Non-Negotiables podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm here tonight with Justin. How you doing, Just? Hey, Gav. And Pascal. Evening, Paz. What's up, Gav? Good, mate. Good. Um, just watched uh, the Luton game. I don't know if, either of you saw the Luton-Chelsea game. Luton might actually break Derby's record for least points. That, really? uh, that Yeah, that is one of the worst teams I've <laughs> ever seen in the Premier League.
0: Really was it that it, was it because they lost to Chelsea or is three it three nil? I
1: mean it was and it was that bad. I mean it was they were absolutely diabolical, so bad. Yeah. They don't look like they've got a single Premier League player.
0: Well, it yeah, was. You, a, can't, you can't be losing three 0 to your nearest relegation rival. It's not. You, you can't. I mean, six-point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolute six point of that. So yeah, that's them done. That's them done
2: then. So uh, uh, you know, as an American, I'm not so interested or uh not interested but i am not so um like knowledgeable about their history so they were a a real long shot right like yeah,
1: not- so they they basically went all the way down to non league like they went huh. out of the league they were in the top flight in the late 80s um and early 90s they got relegated they must have got relegated in 90 or 91 just before the premier league started and they went all the way down to non league and they've come all the way back up but they're they, you know, they got a tiny little ground where you actually enter through someone's backyard. Um, really? Yeah, they, the away were, end is, the away end goes underneath someone's house and through their backyard. It's it's pretty immense.
0: They, they were always a tough team to play against. Uh, well, they had a plastic
1: pitch. Oh.
2: Yeah, they did. They had a plastic
1: pitch, and oh, um, yeah. yeah, it was a uh, it was a nightmare playing there in the, in the eighties.
2: Wow, that's that's actually really interesting. I mean, I, I've I've heard a lot of like uh, uh uh local based Arsenal fans talk about them as being you know uh basically like brush asides or whatever. Yeah, they're um, they're a
1: fun little club, but they're really it's kind of bizarre that they got they got. I'm glad to see a badge. They got a great badge. Love their badge, but mm-hmm. um, it's yeah, it's uh it's been a while since they were a good team. They had Lars Elstrup for a while. Always remember him scoring at ours. All right, so back to the Back to the uh, back to the game in hand, which is us versus Fulham. Um, let's start with a "Who am I?" game. So we're going to do, uh, and I'm going to remember to give you the answer this time because I forgot Marouane Chamak last time. So uh, I'm glad because maybe... I, I didn't get that right. <laughs> well, I'll
2: give, <laughs> I'll give you the. I told, I told him too. I was like, I didn't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, know. It, it seemed to
1: be difficult for everyone. Moaning Imran said to me, "I can't get it," and I'm like, "How can you not get it? I think mean, this is the easiest
2: one I've done." But, hey, hey, Gav, can you since you reference moaning Imran every single episode can you explain <laughs> can you please tell them that that's not his actual name but it's a nickname well it's kind of
1: his name his name's Imran and he moans a lot so he's called moaning Imran he was uh <laughs> it was given to us by the four guys that used to sit in front of us we'd we'd literally walk into the clock end and always like five minutes before kickoff and as we'd go down Lionel who sat in front of us to turn around and go oh moaning Imran's in and and that was it. So he's been moaning Imran since I don't know the late nineties. We've just he's always been moaning. We, Imran.
0: we always feel that we know your friends, Gav, because you know you you, <laughs> you 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 name them. So what's <laughs> that? Billy the Whammer or was, something? Bernie the Whammer. Bernie, Bernie the Whammer. Billy the Whammer.
1: Then yeah, we got, yeah. um yeah they've
2: uh, all, they've,
1: they've all, got, they've all Imran. got descriptive yeah they've all got descriptive names.
2: So yeah. I I kept track, and there was an eleven episode run that you mentioned moaning Imran.
1: Well, that's because he's like part of my Arsenal <laughs> sporting life. A large part of my Arsenal. I mean, that's more than Kieran Tierney. Yeah, me and Boney <laughs> went all over the country. Yeah, we'll, we'll come on to him later on. Anyway, <laughs> we digress. We digress. Yes. Yes. So here we are. Are you ready for the Who Am I game? Yeah. Yes, right. let's do it. So <laughs> I, started, I started my career at Southampton. I moved to Arsenal for whom I played 74 games. I went on loan to Middlesbrough then on loan to Fulham where I appeared 31 times before I moved permanently to Aston Villa. Who am I?
2: Oh, I got it,
0: mate. I got it too.
1: Wow. I got that one Justin, too. straight in. Look at that. And
0: an- Another
2: fave of Gavin. Yep. Another fave. Yeah. You know.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's true. A player that should have been gone about six years before he was anyway. <laughs> so let's get stuck into, uh, let's get stuck into the game on Saturday. Starting lineups, lads. Um, on one hand, I feel like you can't pick our starting lineup at the minute, right? There's so many different options and all that. On the other hand, all Arteta does is put out the team he did the week before, except for the one change that he has to make, which this week is uh, is obviously Tommy Asu. So, passes it as simple as it's the same team, but with Zinchenko coming in for Tommy Asu. Uh
0: I I really hope Gabriel's in. Uh, I think that's I I would if Gabriel's not in the starting lineup, I'm worried. That, that's what I'm going to tell you. So I'm assuming that he's in um, because, uh, you know, the dilemma between party and Rice and whether you play them together, that's one thing. But if that's what he's trying to avoid, I, I don't feel that's the right thing to do. I think you have to pay Gabriel in there. They got United after that. So the more, you know, fitness he can gain and, and first team action. So I'm hoping... But I'm 50-50 on whether he does that. Um, so I don't know what to say and what I think he will do um, but my, I would probably if I had to guess I would hope and think that he will be playing Gabriel and putting Ben White at right back and then Zinchenko at left back. Then the midfield is the one where I'm, I'm debating on what he does because I don't think he's going to drop Harbert's um, especially against Fulham. So I would think he puts Rice in the hole, Havertz, Odegaard,
1: Enketia, Martinelli, Saka.
2: Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Go ahead.
1: Uh, no, I was just going to say, Judge, is there any chance at all that Trossard comes in in place of Martinelli in this one? Martinelli was fantastic on opening week, didn't have the greatest game on Monday night. Obviously, Trossard's going to be champion at a bit to play. Any chance that happens?
2: uh i don't think so no and i i think um i think arteta he really likes his his impact players um you know i you remember that whole thing where he called them you know impactors not subs or whatever um i think he likes what trossard can bring off the bench in the 78th the minute yeah exactly <laughs> and uh well it's better than the you know 102nd minute for like daniel smith row so you know <laughs> but, but no, I, I do think he likes that he, I, I You know, it's, it's kind of a rare talent to be able to do something off the bench. Not every player can do it. And Kedia, you know, as we've discussed before, isn't really an, much of an impact off the bench. Um, so I think that is Trossard's strength and kind of a weakness at this point. And I think he'll continue to not start, at least until the cup games come around. But... I will be interested to see. So apparently Jesus has been in full contact training for the week. So I actually expect him to start in the nine. Do you really? I oh, do. My,
1: I don't think he will. I think there's a I chance do. he might come off the bench. Um, but this this brings up an interesting point as well, Juz, because with Jesus back, whether it's up front or whether it's off the bench, someone has to drop off. Your homie Emil Smith-Rowe might not be on the bench. yeah i mean yeah. you think about it who's going to drop off it's going to be one of fabio vieira who is not going well, to be, him emil smith rowe or reese nelson one of the three <laughs> of them have got to drop off the bench
2: look i i i understand that uh we're getting off on a tangent a bit here but i i i understand that um arteta has been pretty partial to vieira and that was his signing and stuff like that but i Get, I mean, would would you guys not not even thinking about what Arteta would do? Would you guys ever start Vieira over Smith Row? Because I, I I wouldn't. I, I, wouldn't. Wouldn't. No, no, I wouldn't. I think then to your made.
0: last point about Arteta, he would.
2: Yeah, you're probably right. That's there. the problem. And that's it's crazy though, isn't it? Like, why? But, yeah.
1: we but no, I, <laughs> we, we've been debating <laughs> <that. laughs> yes, no, no, but but that's what I'm saying. to so someone's dropping off the bench, so it looks like it's going to be Emil Smith Rowe or it's yeah. going to be Reese Nelson. It's got Kivior
2: maybe. Oh, Reece Nelson.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it's got to be Smith Rowe or Reese Nelson. I would imagine yeah. because you know you've obviously you've got a goalkeeper on on there. Keivior obviously has to be on the bench. Yeah, you know, the defenders, the interesting one. I, I'm thinking Raw Walters is probably going to make the bench. I can't imagine him going with just one defender on the bench, right? No, no, no. I don't think so. So, yeah. so I think Raw Walters is going to come in onto the bench. Um, he was. Trained, well, maybe not
2: there? mate. because because well, uh, unless Park...
1: Gabrielle's on the bench, obviously, and yeah, starting up right in back. party,
2: in party, yep, can drop into that right back, and then Kivior can play all over the left side. So may- yeah, maybe no Walters. Yeah. Maybe-
1: yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah. It could be no water, so it could be either Gabriel or or Partey, I guess, in in that role. But yeah, it's yeah. it's interesting. I like the fact that we've now got a debate on who's going to be on the bench. Like, how different <laughs> is that from eighteen months ago? Eighteen months yeah. ago, it was like, have we got two players we can actually bring on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like that. Honestly. Yeah, it's it's mad. So. We all think in Havertz, he's going to start in, in midfield again. I, I can't see him taking Havertz out of midfield. He seems like he really wants this to work. And this is the sort yeah. of game, I think, where you bet it in. We all think in the same, Paz?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think he's... Uh, you, you've got to... You know, what makes me think is that even if Havertz... I don't think he had a bad game. And uh, I, I feel his defensive qualities are really good. His tracking back works really hard. I guess we haven't really seen the midfield... Um, you know the, the side of him from from an attacking uh, aspect, but I don't think Arteta, for a player that he's invested heavily in, is going to even contemplate starting him on the bench just yet, unless he's had horrendous performances, which he's not. So yeah, he starts. Um, I think that the if that's the case, then it goes back to my point over Gabriel because that will determine whether party starts or not.
1: Yeah, that's I'm I'm kind of feeling that way too I I just I don't know what he's going to do at that right back spot just do you do you would you prefer to see Partey in there at right back or do you think the time's come to kind of go back to the old back four as it was and and basically bench one of Partey or Rice
2: yeah you know this is a this is a really interesting question um I don't love it personally I, I don't but I get why Arteta does it um, he wants one basically midfielder in the back line that can step in and play make and, and help control the ball a lot more, you know? So when Zinchenko's is not fit and now Timber's out, it makes sense. Party's the next one. But I think once Zinchenko is back and starting as long as he's fit, I don't think we're going to see party it right back anymore. I mean, it, it It's really tough to say, but I I don't think we will. I think party will be mostly a midfielder from here on out, now Zinchenko's fit. I just don't know. You know, I'm seriously
1: wondering if he's not going to start Zinchenko, if he's going to leave Zinchenko on the bench for one more game and start either Kivy or, or, or even try Gabriel as that third center back stroke left back.
2: Hmm. I mean, that's very possible, but I think just once Zinchenko is back, the party at right-back experiment is is not going to happen unless, in, in you know, Zinny's out again.
1: Well, Paz, it'd be fucking nuts, though, wouldn't it, seeing Zinchenko at left-back and party at right-back. I mean, if you're going to do it, this Fulham team just conceded three at home at Brighton. They, they gave up 10 shots in the first half alone against Everton. They don't have a lot of possession. It was uh, Brentford, right? What's that? Brentford was the yes. three nil defeat at home, and Everton they they beat Everton one nil on opening day, but they got oh, absolutely yeah. tanked. I don't know how they got away with with winning one nil there. Well, I do because it was Everton, but it was it was nuts. So if you're gonna do it, pass. Maybe this is the game you try the two mad fullbacks that aren't fullbacks.
0: Yeah, I I can't see it though. Um, I, I I just. I feel that would be a little bit too much. Um, I, I, I'm really struggling with what he's, with what he's going to do. I've got in my mind what would be a logical thing to do from my mind, but I'm not. You know, again, you know what I see is logical. He's the manager. He gets paid to do his job. He's the one that's proven to be successful for us so far. So it's. But I, in my mind, I would think it's Ben White at right back because I think he offers the width. He can come in a bit. He does not play the inverted role, but you'll have Zinchenko to cover that. So you do have a little bit of solid S in that respect. And, you know, the complementary factor of Saliba and Gabriel, we all know about that. It's one of the successful partnerships we've had in years. So it, uh, that's just thing. But I, I, I get this impression that maybe he's, he's struggling to drop, to put party on the bench. And then, of course, he has the dilemma with Harvard of so putting him on the bench. And this is why we're having this, this thing going on because I, I, I just don't... Und- I, I, the Gabriel thing is what's confusing me. I think tomorrow is really going to tell us whether or not he really sees Gabriel as someone who's going to be on the bench for the immediate future. Um, because you can kind of have an excuse for Palace and you definitely have an excuse for the one before because he'd come back from an injury. But I don't know what the excuse would be this time.
1: Yeah, especially if Zinchenko does play. I mean, if he that's, goes with Zinchenko yeah. and party in them fullback areas, yeah. Then uh, I don't know, man. People, I, I cannot wait to be on Twitter fifty nine minutes before kickoff. If he does that, can you imagine oh. the meltdown from Arsenal Twitter?
0: Yeah, and then you're going to see all the Saudi links, and then you know the president of uh, is is in town or some whatever they're going to come up with. But I, I think you're really going to see the rumors start to circulate if he's on the bench again because there is no real reason for it not other, with zinchenko there's
1: an back. issue yeah not with zinchenko back there's not no uh, uh, so, not with zinchenko back so Joe said he thinks that that Jesus might start i, I can't see that I, I think he might get some time off the bench where are you where are you feeling with that? i mean i definitely would like to see him if he can get 10 minutes off the bench with united next week where i'm guessing we all want him to start
0: uh, I, i'm i'm with you on that one i think i, I, I can't i firstly Enketia hasn't done badly so i think there will be a thought process of it would look like we're dropping it outright and yet that would probably go against the thought process that that would probably could have an effect on Inchetti himself because he hasn't really done work wrong except his finishing but let's be honest Jesus is not the best finisher in the world either but he 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 worked really hard he was he had a hand in the goal was the penalty he had he was involved in a lot of the key moments that we have so it would wouldn't set a really good tone with him i think if he drops him i think the likelihood is he comes on gets that fitness and then you have a week of training for the united game where he will start
1: does if, if Jesus doesn't get on, let's say he doesn't make the bench for tomorrow, because you remember last time when he came back, he was in training for a couple of weeks before he'd before he come onto the bench, funnily enough, against Fulham. Um, if he doesn't, do you think there's a chance that he doesn't start next weekend against United? And I don't want to jump ahead and preview the next game, but I'm just wondering how important you think 10, 10 minutes or more here is for him starting next week, because we've got the international break after two.
2: Well, it's, it's, a, it's kind of an interesting situation, right? Because we've only seen him, I mean, to, to my knowledge, I guess, let me preface. Um, we've only seen him training full contact today. Um, but Mikkel said he's been training full contact all week. And that kind of makes me think that there is more going on here. You know, M- Mikkel likes to be cryptic with all his subs well, and all let's, his.
1: Let's be fair, he's a liar. Right? Yeah. right. That's not sugarcoat. Arsene Wenger was too. These managers, they don't like to give much away. So oh, they, you're,
2: like, you're thinking he, he hasn't even been training for, five I, days. I,
1: I don't know how much that is true. I mean, if I was Mikel Arteta and I was going to start Eddie and Ketia, I would probably want Fulham thinking that Jesus has been trained or has been training all week and he's going to start.
2: Hey mate. I mean, that that's a really fair point. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I can't argue with that. You're probably right. Um, I think if Jesus is fit enough to start, he starts. Um, like fit enough for uh I don't know, fifty-five minutes. I think he starts. Um and just my personal opinion, it'd be Trossard for me in the false nine over Enkedia. No hate or anything. I just you think he would do that, or are you just saying that's what you would do? That's what I would do. I don't think he'll do that. It'll be Enkedia again if he's lying about Jesus. Yeah, I, I, I kind
1: of, I'm fearing that way as well. I think it's going to be yeah. a hit here, and and I think you were right though earlier on, just when you said that Trossard, because he is so impactful off the bench. I think Arteta sees him as a, as the most important player on on that bench. You know, it's like in the end, the twelfth
2: man. Yeah, you know, well
1: in in the yeah. NBA they have a six man of the year award yeah. the first man off the bench because of how important they are. And I just think that's what we're seeing here. My problem is that Arteta don't like to bring anyone off the bench.
2: <laughs> yeah, no he doesn't. He doesn't.
1: Yeah. So I I I don't know. I'm I'm in a little bit of flux with this with this lineup I've got to say. I just I'm finding it, you know, we've gone through so long of being out of pick the starting 11. And, all this, and and I think we'll get there again, by the way, because Arteta is a, a man that does not like to change his team very often. Yeah, he's so rigid. I, yeah. yeah. So I do think once we start getting to the end of September, start of October, we are going to see what the starting lineup is. And we will get back to the point where we can pretty much pick it every week. But we're not there right now, because remember, last year we went into the season with a bit of a makeshift back four right because Tommy was out that's that's why Ben White moved over right back and stuff and that pretty quickly became the back four and it didn't matter when anyone was out and um so so there is part of me that thinks this party at right back thing there might be something to it just because I don't know which direction he's going to take it in but I think we can say so far it hasn't really worked right just like it's not been we've not hit our stride yet there's not been any fluidity
2: yeah, I agree with that. I think, um, I think, I think it's a good idea in principle. In the absence of Zinchenko, even though I hate to see you know weak hamstring party sprinting up and down that flank in a in a right back role, um, maybe that. To be fair, I mean. he hasn't been doing that though, has he? He's not been doing it that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but you know, I, I, I do still kind of hate it. I think. Um, you know, at this point, we should just accept he's probably only going to play what 28 games a season, um, in kind of saving him. Um, but I don't think the strategy is, is, is poor in the absence of Zinchenko, but I do think our reliance on Zinchenko is a little concerning.
1: But so, I mean, we saw this coming though. I said to you, the minute yeah. that we that you know, the minute that we basically brought in. Rice who was clearly always going to play the 6 I thought Zinchenko became the most important player in this team because he's our way out from the back without Partey there I think that's going to be the case just at the minute we've flipped it put Partey at right back to get out
2: well I mean in in the issue is right we we um we solved the problem with Jurian Timber and now he's out for the season so it, all the, I mean cuz Jurian Timber could do mostly what any of those guys could do is a second choice and now he's out for the season and we are kind of fucked I mean we're having to do things like party it right back and you know I mean that's how I see it I think that the club saw the reliance on Sinchenko coming dealt with it with the timber signing and now are kind of screwed
1: yeah, I mean, and I think that's the case even if the plan was Timber right back, right? Yep. Because he could have gone right back and Kivio could have gone left back and boom, yep. got the same thing. But instead, yep. this makeshift thing has been, we think it's makeshift, has been what's basically what's what's ended up happening. Yeah, has, How badly do we need Havertz to get some sort of attacking return, whether it's a couple of assists, whether it's a goal? I really feel like he needs something to really, really push him on.
0: I think we talked about this before. Right? I I do feel a goal or like you said, an assist or a pre-assist, an assist before the assist, something where he's involved. Any attacking
2: return. Yeah,
0: any, <laughs> it, even if it's not tangible points in fantasy football, it, at least something where we can see <laughs> that he's been involved in some entity in an attacking, in, in, in a goal or something. I, I, I do, I, I have to admit, I looked at it from an, you know, I've looked at it a lot more from an attacking perspective, but actually looking back, he he does offer a lot of qualities defensively and aerially as well. He did really, from an aerial side, he's, he's really brought us a different dimension. But when we didn't pay £60 million just for that, um, we played, we, like, as you see with Shaka, there was a lot more with Shaka's game than the defensive side of it. In fact, we saw a lot of runs in the box, we saw assists, we saw goals last season. I think it's really important that he gets some contribution. I think it will ease it. It will ease the pressure on him. And I think after that, you'll see things um, maybe just die down a little bit in terms of the pressure that's out there. But I I would say yeah, and and games
1: like Fulham at home, that's where you want to see it. Are you a bit worried that we're using it too much the going long tactic? Because I've got to be honest, I I think we're doing it too much this long ball over the top. I think it's a safety blanket that we're just, we're going to, we're going to, and maybe it's, maybe it's intentional. Maybe it's, you know, because we haven't really done it that much before in this way. Maybe it's let's over egg it to begin with. So we get used to doing it before we kind of reel it back in. But do you feel that we're doing it a little bit too often?
0: Perhaps, perhaps. Um, I, I, I feel Probably the Palace game, we did it more. Um, it could have something to do with the fact that we were away from home as well. Um, but I, I, it's difficult yet to judge it because um, it's only two games. Um, I would, I think tomorrow would be a real indicator of how, how much we intend to use it because we're playing a team that really we should be beating, we should be taking the game to. So it'll be, I think, a few more games and I can make more of an um an informed opinion on that. I haven't seen it too bad though, but I I do I do hope it's not something that we intend to apply too much and too often, um, because um then it will make us a little bit too much,
2: too one dimensional and our football is not based on that anyway. Doesn't this kind of <clears throat> excuse me, doesn't this kind of justify uh more, at least, not completely. The Raya signing, though, don't you think maybe that was a factor in mm-hmm. in in building this strategy around Havertz going long? Because that was uh, not my initial thought, but that was one of my first thoughts when I when I saw the links, and I, I think that makes a lot more sense. And I think we're we're respectfully giving Ramsdale you know more time because he's not done anything to lose his spot. But if we're having a long ball strategy where Havertz plays in that left attacking mid but runs far post almost every forward play in the air, it makes a lot of sense to me.
1: I think one of the things with that, though, is that one of the, one of the negative traits that Ramsdale has got is that he tends to go long when the game gets a bit edgy. Right. Have you noticed that as soon as the pressure reacts itself a bit, Mm. all of a sudden Ramsdale goes long, goes long, goes long. And I don't think that helps us doing that. I I actually think that's his worst trait. I don't know why you would encourage that.
2: But Ramsdale is statistic. uh, Raya is statistically better at long balls, which is fine.
1: But Kai Havertz the other night at Crystal Palace, I think he won, was it six of eight or four of six aerial jewels? How many times did we pick up the second ball after he won it? Yeah, None. That, so this, this yeah. is a strategy that you can whack the ball up to Abbott's head. We don't get the knockdowns. So I'm just failing to see where this strategy
2: is any well, good. To, to be fair, I mean, I think one of the failing points is that you have your left attacking mid leaving midfield and going up top.
1: You mean you have the one player who you think would get on the end of the flick-ons doing the flick-on?
2: Yeah, basically. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you a hundred percent. And I just, I don't know. I think this is honestly, I don't like it. I don't like this, and it clearly is a strategy. Um, and I don't like it. I've got no problem with him running to the back post and Saka, you know, and Saka's got to change his game a little bit to start clipping balls into the back post. But I've got no problem with trying with with doing that a few times a game. But I do have a problem with this whacking it long from the goalkeeper because I just I i don't know i just don't think it benefits us i just don't think we're the sort of side that are that are going to benefit from that
2: as our main strategy i think it would be incredibly poor but as like uh i don't know every you know 3 and 4 well that 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 would probably be too much too maybe every like you know uh every eighth time It wouldn't be that bad of a change-up strategy, and I I think that's kind of what we're going for here, but it looks like in these early days that we're going for it a lot more, and I hope we do tone it down and just use it as more of an alternative than we're doing right now.
1: Yeah, I agree, because I think we're we're doing it more than 50% of the time at the minute. We're we're barely playing out from the back, and I... I, I don't know. I just don't. I don't see that as a, a viable long term strategy. I mean, eventually, all the opposition are going to do is at the minute Havertz is going into them space. Eddie's dropping short, and I think defenders are getting a little bit confused by it. That ain't going to last too long, you know. No. You, they get tape on it, and all of a sudden, they're six foot four center off, who's three times the weight of Havertz. He's just going to come out and win the ball. So, and I mean, maybe that's what they're going for. You know, Arteta loves a big boot into the corner to win a throw on at the start of the game. So yeah. I I don't know I just it baffles me a little bit.
2: The funny thing is it's innovative because it's regressive. I mean it's it's damn near Stoke ball. He's just a more it's Brentford ball. It's yeah, Brentford it, ball. He's it he is. He is and we've just Brentford signed Brentford's ball. goalkeeper, yeah, and he's a
1: Brentford ball. It's exactly what they do. Yep. And I I don't know I don't like it. It's not it's it's not for me. And I'm hoping we get
2: away from it. But pants, no, but, go on go on just. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. I, I was just going to say, I I don't, I agree with you hundred percent. I don't like it either, but I think it it is brilliant as like kind of a plan C. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it, we've, we've never had that option before oh, under Arteta. I mean, because um, yeah. I mean, Lacazette, Obama Yang, they were never going to do it, but having that option now I think is valuable. We've just got to make sure we like kind of put it in our pocket and only use it when necessary. And right now we're overblowing the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. Paz, um I was gonna say Fulham have looked pretty toothless up front as well. They did get that goal against Everton, but other than that, they haven't offered much. Are we finally gonna get a clean sheet at home?
0: I I I would absolutely think so because Mitrovic is obviously off. Um uh, they don't really have an attacking threat. I not they Pereira, I think, or who, who's who's up front? Uh,
1: They've got uh, who... uh, Jimenez up front. Who, the, oh, Jimenez! Sports, we can't hear yeah, the all recently, can he, That guy—he's yeah, not really been the same ever since the, mm-hmm. no, the injury. Goal, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I, I, you, you, you'd hope so. Uh, if it's it's a game where we should be having what ninety percent possession.
1: It's gonna. You would think that we're gonna we're gonna have a lot. The only thing I was saying, Fulham's defense, and and you can't defend the Everton game. Obviously, they were they were they they were basically just there were shots coming in from everywhere, just none of them went in. But at Brentford, they were only one down when the ludicrous penalty and Tim Ream sending off happened. Um, But of course, this week as well, now they're going to be without without Tim Ream. Without
2: him, Um, I was going to say that too. Yeah,
1: but. Paulina might come in. He's he's he was carrying a knock, and obviously there've been been you know there's been a lot of rumors about him leaving West Ham, and then Liverpool were linked, and uh, a move to Saudi has been linked because everybody's. Been, I heard I heard Justin was moving to Saudi. There's just everyone's been been linked with Saudi at some point. So, I mean, is there? We we've, we've got to really put them to the sword right past. We we have to put them to the sword this week.
0: I don't think we have an excuse if we don't, um, uh, you know, at least a good performance. If it's a two nil victory, I'll take it. But just put in a good performance and and a clean sheet. I think, you know, we, um, it, this is the type of game, this is a, a weaker Fulham team. It's probably one of the contenders to go down. Um, we're at home. We struggled against them last season, not away, but at home, because we got that last minute winner when uh, Richard Keyes, you know, went apeshit. Um, so I, 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 you have to think it's, it's, it's ours now to win and win well, um, and, uh, put us in, um, good stead for the United game next week.
1: Yeah. Judge, you confident going in here? Well,
2: I am gaff. I, I am. I, I think, um, I, I have my doubts about putting them to the sword, even though that's a hundred percent what I want. That's just never really been, uh, I don't want to say it's it's Arteta instructed, but it never seems to be RMO since he took over. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, I'd, I'd love to put, you know, five or six past him, and I think we're capable of it. Um, But I expect just maybe a tidy 3-0, probably, same as Brentford. I think we'll take our foot off the gas again, as much as I hate to say it.
1: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I would really like us to to go all out here, but it's just you're right. It's just not what we. It's just not what we do. We just yeah. get a couple up and then and then stop. I mean, hopefully at least we get a, get a couple up. I don't want to sound like we're uh, taking them for granted because I mean we dropped points last year at home yeah. at Southampton. We dropped points at, at West Ham. We 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 basically we did we who else did we lose to? We got we got battered by by relegation contenders basically or beaten. So it was you know. I don't know. We're, these are the sort of games that can give you a bit of trouble.
2: And I, I think uh, Marco Silva is kind of an interesting manager because um, I know he's kind of been memed a bit, but uh, you know he can set up a, a pretty decent attack, like a, a pretty decent play style. But um, they're always going to be vulnerable in defense, I think. And um, and yeah, we really should be able to slice through them. I just I don't expect us doing much unless. You know the the subs that come on, maybe you know uh, Vieira, Smith Rowe, Nelson that just want to prove themselves. So but it, expecting
1: a lot of goals after the eighty fourth minute.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's the truth, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, let's um, let's do the uh, let's do the answer to the "Who Am I" game. That's because it's the end of the preview, so. Uh, I'll just go for it again. I started my career at Southampton. I moved to Arsenal for whom I played 74 games. I went on loan to Middlesbrough, then on loan again to Fulham where I appeared 31 times before I moved permanently to Aston Villa. Who am I? Judge, you got an answer for me? Calum Chambers. And Paz, what you got? Yeah, yeah, Calum Chambers. Yeah, name. correct. Fulham's player of the year, the year they got relegated. He should have stayed with him and gone and played in the championship. <laughs> he should have. It would have been more his Wait. level.
0: It, so. it, I forgot he's at Villa
1: actually. He's not really. I did too. I, I Aston Villa forgot he was at Villa too. Yeah, did he we did say, score. He did score a really good goal for them last season. actually. Did yeah.
0: we? Um, did we put him? Did he go on a, yeah, he on a free?
1: Yeah, he went on a free. Yeah, remember we got rid of him. We got rid of him on a free in January while we were having an injury crisis, and so we were like, "That no, just just go." <laughs> but he's, you know, he's another one who just hung around, hung around yeah, six years right. too long.
2: I actually always liked him. To be honest, I thought he was serviceable, but sometimes he would have just an uh, an absolute bear. And it, it, I it, thought he was one well. of the worst players I've seen.
1: <laughs> I, I do know. I'm honestly, I think he was a, he was, a, he, was a, he was a League Two player that somehow <laughs> nicked a career at the top level. He, he was slower than me. Uh, he just uh, and there, that game there was,
0: are players just that you're going to realise that. Oh, it's a very non-negotiable look, one, right? Look, look, look. And once his mind has gone about. to that side, yeah. it's very yeah. difficult to change yeah. him, okay? You, you remember oh, Swansea me, away.
1: Let we let all remember Swansea away, right? Get, yeah, me, um, get me a that single one game, That worse one game. Than, yeah, get, find me one worse than that. Okay, honestly... Galachi, <laughs> one of his games. <laughs>
2: Galachi I think at Fulham is the only Galachi. one that's close. I think this podcast should push a movement to get Kieran Tierney a statue outside the Emirates. Yeah, yeah we can loan it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
0: I've seen what we'll, we'll talk about in the next pub. I've seen you've been having a few spats with Kieran Tierney fans, Gav.
1: I just, oh yeah I, I'm, I'm I'm baffled by this someone I don't know if you saw the one, I am the with one, you by the way Did you, did no, you see no. the one where a guy put that um he was the best traditional left back in Arsenal's history after Ashley Cole and Nigel Winterburn uh, Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's that's incredible
0: it is a, it is really interesting the, the uh, hysteria behind him. I think it it's is. more the the person than the players. We'll we'll get on we'll get onto that we should discuss that We'll we get actually onto that in the second half. We will.
1: We will. We'll get onto that yeah. in the second half. So, all okay. right, boys. We'll see you after the break. Very right, like good. It. Hey, guys. Just a couple of quick half time messages for you. Firstly, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five star review on your favorite podcast app. It really helps us reach a wider audience, particularly on Apple Podcasts. Secondly, we're on all the social media platforms as The NN Pod. We're really trying to build a strong Guna community. So next time you're on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, look us up, give us a like or a follow, send us a message, interact with other listeners, or or just have a look around. Thanks for listening from myself, Paz and Juz. We really appreciate it. Welcome back to the Non-Negotiables podcast. This is part two. But since we teased it before the break, let's start with Kieran Tierney. And there's a couple of things. There's a couple of myths that I want to dispel right before we start on this. First off, there's a lot of this. Well, Kieran Tierney is going because we've changed to an inverted left back and this and that. Bullshit. Bullshit. That's not what it is. The system hasn't moved beyond Kieran Tierney. We've beyond moved beyond Kieran Tierney as a club. The problem for Kieran Tierney isn't that he can't come inside, it's that he smacks the ball out of play every time he's under a little bit of pressure. That is why Mikel Arteta doesn't like Kieran Tierney. He nothing to do with an inverted left-back because you've seen it. He's played Tommy Asso at left-back, playing as a fullback, not even more of a wing-back style. The second thing is there's a myth that I hate Kieran Tierney. I do not hate Kieran Tierney. <laughs> Kieran Tierney was a very good left-back when we were an eighth-place side, right? Just we talked about this the other week. When we were eighth, it's because we had a squad that deserved to be eighth. We had a lot of players that weren't 8th place players. Kieran Tierney is an 8th place left-back, which is fine. It's a good place to be. It's one of the top, I don't know, one of the top, what, 15 left-backs in the Premier League. It's not a bad place to be. It's still a good player. But he's not any more than that. And I do find it utterly bizarre the amount of people that will not accept what their eyes tell them. Paz, what have you got for me? Okay.
0: I I do see more of what you say than I did before. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I do feel there is, because I've I've also made comments sometimes on certain Arsenal forums or chat forums uh, relating to different podcasts, and I've got chastised for saying anything negative about Kieran Tierney. And I feel there is a certain love for him by the fan base, fan base. Which is maybe to do with there's amalgamation of things. There are you know, obviously that West Brom game everyone remembers, where he's got that he's that cavalier kind of like you said, I know he pumps the ball out of play, but he's a very direct left back, he's quite dynamic, and also there's a personality in him, which is a very committed player, very, you know, he's not he's not never gonna intend to let you down, right? But I do see that there is a certain valuation that Arsenal fans put on him that has just been totally debunked by the fact that he's going on loan to Real Sociedad, because if he was the valuation that people seem to think he is, he would have gone for a sell. because we all know Arsenal were willing to sell him. So I think there is a a kind of... um, People get caught up in the personality of Kieran Tierney, and what they like about certain traits of his than actually the full quality itself. So I do see what you're saying. I think he is slightly, he, his his ability maybe is not up to what the top left backs, you would expect of the top left backs, whether they're inverted or not. It, you're in Timber is a prime example because he's come in and he's not exactly inverted. But like you said, He's got a certain quality on the ball, certain calmness on the ball, knows how to do it and will never lump it out of play until it's absolutely necessary. So I think, um, I, you know, I, I, I agree with those points you've said. Justin?
2: I think there's been um, a real um, issue with Kieran Tierney in falling in love with the man more than the player. The second he brought his gear to the training pitch in a Tesco bag, I think it was over for all of us. I don't know. If you, short, you sleeves, short sleeves in the snow as well. Short that, sleeves had, in the snow, yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think the fan base fell in love with this guy that was no nonsense. Uh, just, let's, just,
1: let's be fair. I will say this now. He was one of our best players when we were shit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I was gonna bring that point up too. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I think the fan base did fall in love with the man a little more than the player in this regard, just because he had a couple of standout highlights in a time mm-hmm. when we were we were weak. You know, we were we were kind of trash, to be honest. Um that being said, I think Tierney is a solid, serviceable player that the club has outgrown. I think he could still play. Yeah, I, he could play for Spurs. Don't tell me he couldn't. Who do they have at left back? Is it oh, still so I, don't, I think that's about that's about the level, right? If you look at if you look well, at league, Spurs is a top at, six you, side, maybe? Maybe. That's not that bad.
1: Not? You've got okay Arsenal, Manchester United, Liverpool, Newcastle, right? That's and Manchester City, right? Those five are clear of everybody right now, right? Then you've got Chelsea, Brighton, Brentford. All better than Spurs. Actually, I don't mean Chelsea. Are but Brentford and Brighton certainly are better than Spurs.
2: They're an eighth place team. What did I say to you mate, before, mate? Are you are you letting your bias get to you though? I don't think I. You, I think, you think Spurs, Spurs are, are finishing be...
1: above Brighton? You've you've just seen two weeks
2: of Brighton. You think Spurs are finishing above that? They played the two two of some of the two weakest teams in the league. Pause. What do you think? Um,
0: over Brighton and Spurs. Uh, I I I would. I'd say Brighton has been more impressive. I know that you're right. They played. Weekly they finished teams, above but, them
1: last year.
0: But but I but I but I think Brighton have been so impressive. I mean, Man United played Wolves at home and they were appalling. Brighton yeah. put, took them up, tore them apart. I think they're attacking. They're a more established team, Brian. Because remember, um, Andrew's just come in and he's got to basically change the whole ethos of that team yeah. with probably less of a squad because you've not got Kane now. So um, I would, I would probably still put Brighton though, just to be honest, and I'd probably put Villa as well. Uh, I just feel that they 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 have more of an established team going on there than uh, than Spurs. But to your point,
1: but I think top you're six right, or Josh, not,
0: he could be in he could be in Spurs' team. Absolutely, I think
1: that is his level,
2: mm.
1: and I don't think that's an insult.
2: Yeah, I. I, I... Okay, that's fair Gaff. Go ahead. No, no, go on. Carry on. It was your you were you were in. I interrupted you. No, 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 mate. That that's fine. I understand what Who? you're saying. I think Who he can you? play for Spurs. You think that's his level. I just think Spurs are gonna place higher than other fans, other Gooners especially think they're going to. Well, do
1: it do it this way. Do it this way, then, right? Tierney or Zinchenko, you're taking Zinchenko, Tierney, and whoever man city play left back, you're taking them. Robertson or Tierney, you're taking Robertson, Luke Shaw or Tierney, you're taking Luke Shaw. Except Dan-Bern, Luke Shaw's always injured. Well, Dan Burn or Tierney, well, Newcastle just told you what you thought. They paid thirty five million for Chelsea's reserve left back when they could have had Tierney. So they yeah, told is... you what they what they thought. Um Estupinian or Tierney, you're taking Estupinian. So
2: I'm not taking Estupinian. You're not? no you wouldn't uh, he's he's superb though justin. i would take i have like not seen short. enough to be fair but i mean just just talk. i mean y- you guys are you guys are also only looking at direct talent i'm also looking at um i'm doing that thing that arsenal fans are doing that i criticize them of at the beginning of this message but he does have grit and leadership that he brings he more than yeah, yeah. Right i 100% here. agree justin i i'm i'm
0: i i like I like what he brought to us. I was a I was a big fan of him. Still, I'm slightly a fan of him. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not at all. I, I, I think I think the issue is is that maybe him he's just not he's just not really comfortable with Arteta anyway. Maybe his approach to the system, maybe his way of managing, he's not really comfortable with that as well. Because we're all talking about how he fits in Arteta's system, but also maybe himself. He's like, it's just not working for me the way that this manager is, the way he sets up. I don't know. But I don't I don't but I don't think he's a bad left back. I would not I would not go as far as to say that. I would think that in our, our particular squad, he is back of the list though. He's behind a Tomiyasu. Yeah, he's yeah. obviously behind a timber.
2: But, we can but see but it's because that, right? of the style of play, right? It it's is. not because it is. of his quality. It, and I, I'm not over here, like, standing up. I, I like Tierney. I rate him. But I agree. He's the furthest left back from starting right now. I, I agree 100%. But I, I think do... if he was
0: better at set pieces, we'd have more offers in for him. Because if you think about it, there's not much difference between him and Robertson. Robertson is also a very direct left back. But right. he's, he's good at set pieces. He's good at corners. He's no. a bit more productive in the assist Uh, bracket as well so i think if he can improve on that
2: if that was more of his game even a bit more of that to him i think he would have been snapped up i agree yeah that's a good point boss yeah i do think robert robertson is better in the final third like just Mm. decision making you know Um, i just
1: don't think you see robertson turn and smash the ball into rosette i just don't think you see it
2: well that's decision making isn't
1: it yeah, and it, yeah, of course it is. But that's what I'm saying. You just don't see it. You do not see Robertson turn mm-hmm. around and do that. You, I don't think you can play for a club that wants to be a, a Premier League club that wants to be in them Champions League spots. I don't think you can play for that if your first reaction under pressure is to smash the ball into the stands.
2: I mean, Robertson has had a lot of cuntish tackles as well, where tyranny tends to be more controlled defensively. Oh, Robertson's an arsehole.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: There's no doubt about it. He, Bro, he... Those are two sides of the game, man.
1: Yeah, but that's he's he's an arsehole. I know what I know what Andy Robertson is. I mean, they had they had him
2: and I I'd bet I down one side. Like that is an evil left flank. I'd back Tierney defensively over Robinson defensively straight, and I don't even care about stats because you know there the, there's obvious I mean he has fucking Virgil Van Dyke next to him, Fabinho in front of him. I think Tierney uh, straight up is I'm the better. I'm just way. surprised.
0: I'm just surprised like he's gone on loan to Real Sociedad. I'm surprised right. West
1: Ham's not in there. Or I'm shocked. I'm shocked that we did. I mean, I never thought we were going to get just 30 odd. 30 or 35 million for him. I thought that was pie in the sky stuff. But, I've, uh, 20, but even a loan in the Premier League. Yeah, I oh, thought I, we could have. I thought we'd have got 20 million for him. I am, him, Tavares and Holding. I am shocked we cannot get a fee for.
0: Hmm me too mm. and hold, yeah. holding holding we only bought for a few million anyway yeah it's like a
1: couple of million wasn't it but yeah, I mean, yeah. so like 1. he's been here for 140
2: years
1: yeah, yeah. so well, yeah. so
2: how about uh are you are we ready to move off from well TV? i was
1: just i just wanted to get your guys um opinion on on the the loan itself i mean it seems like we've got some sort of loan fee i don't know how much it is mm. um, I as mean, as long, long big, your paying his wages to me just to me it's a good loan how, just yeah. do you think it's a good loan for us
2: yeah, I mean, I do. As long as any club pays a hundred percent of their wages for a loan player, and he has an opportunity to shine, even in the he's in the Champions League. Um, yes, I'm he's, all he's about under it.
1: Contract till 2026, so we haven't nope. got to worry about that. We've still got the value coming back next summer. Paz, do you think this is a good good loan deal?
0: I think I think for anyone who doesn't
1: think it's a good loan, he doesn't understand how
0: it works. We've just had a player. Yes, he is younger. But is now we'll talk about him later, but he's on the verge of going for the highest we've sold for any player. Um, and uh, he just went on loan to France. So if he goes on loan to Spain, plays regularly, is seen in the Champions League, we still have two years probably left on his contract next year, then we should be able to get a fee for him. And that is a win-win, isn't it? Because you get him, you get his wage covered, you get some form of fee for the loan, and then you sell him for some form of, hopefully some form of profit, if anything, just something next year, as opposed to him just sitting on the bench and hardly ever playing.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Judge, anything to close it out?
2: Um, no, I think uh, just, just something to laugh at. at uh, the fact that he's going to San Sebastian in Spain, when we've always laughed at the fact that he's worn short sleeves in London, you know, the whole time. I find that kind of ironic. Um, I never... Naked? I never would have expected him to go to Spain. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Apparently, he wanted but, to move
1: though. I mean, I yeah. I'll be honest. Fair play to him for it because I I would have done the same thing. I would love to go and play for a year in Spain if I was in.
2: Oh, same, 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 uh, no doubt. But I just think it's funny because you know uh, his whole his whole get up. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it, it's it's gonna be it. But the Scots do love package holidays to Spain. So yeah
2: D- did did you guys listen to our cast today where they said that? Uh, San Sebastian was basically the Scotland of Spain <laughs> okay <Are they> <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I, just listen it's hilarious uh, it's I left. Weird, but... I, haven't, I haven't heard it so yeah no no, no it's great but yeah. so, it. alright go ahead
1: um, Paz, so you brought up uh, following Balogun and the move to Monaco I think the latest I heard is that it was going to be 40 million euros with a substantial um, sell on fee again it's good money for a player that a year ago we wouldn't have got 4 million for
0: it okay, so there's two things to this. There's one, um, it's it's excellent in the sense that um, like you said last year, we wouldn't have got much for him. Um, it was a successful loan. We obviously chose the right team for him to play for. And um, we've got a sell-on from that. I think the second part to it is it is the highest transfer that we've sold a player for, which doesn't mean which is a, an achievement in one sense, but is also highlights that really we've been poor <laughs> in what we've been selling in the market over the years. So hopefully this is a sign that things will improve um, for the future and we can get more for for certain fringe players or uh, players within the squad. Um, but I, I think it's, it's perfect. For me personally, playing in France, fantastic. We don't see him in the Premier League. He's not with a rival team. We get a pretty good sum for him. And if he does move on, which is very possible if he really lights up the um the, the French league, then we'll get something back for that.
1: And Jaz, this is exactly how you use the loan market, right? This is the mm-hmm. best loan we have ever made. Uh, <clears throat>
2: excuse me. Yes, mate. Uh I'm really excited about this transfer. I think it's the perfect transfer. Um 40 million euros for, uh, let's be honest, he's a one-season wonder right now in the French League. Um, Getting that much, I mean, our record sale and getting a massive selling clause, according to Ornstein, I hope that's true. Um, I think this is a brilliant sale, to be honest. Um, I have no problem with it and i i hope he succeeds i do i i hope he crushes it so we get like 30 million from a sell on fee i do at this point um the striker market is looking bearer and bearer the i mean to 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 have a guy that netted 22 goals last season in the, in, in league oh good, yeah league <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why i just said the french league I didn't even want to go down that route. <laughs> it's, it's massive, though. It's massive. And I, I, I do, I believe in Balogun. I think he's going to do really well. And I think he's going to net us a pretty large sell-on fee later on. I do lament the fact that the club didn't really even give him a shot because I would have liked to have seen what he could do for us. But I don't really think he's the right fit.
1: Pat, are you surprised that Monaco have almost had a free run at this. I mean, I know we've had some stories that, that Chelsea were interested in talking to his people and blah, blah, blah. But Monaco seem to have had a pretty free run at this. And when you think about some of the strikers that have that have moved and some clubs that are desperate for forwards, you would have thought that someone would have at least asked the question.
0: My opinion is is it's probably... I could be wrong, but it probably is something to do with the fact that um, he was playing in the French league. So, you know, the ones that have moved on. um, And if I get this wrong, you'll correct me, but I I don't, I can't think of um, a a big money transfer striker. That's from the French league that's coming to the premier league. So maybe I'll swear in Inter Milan. I know they were interested, but we all know the Italian teams are, are such cheapskates when it comes to their offers I th- it makes sense because Monaco do have money. He's he was prolific last year in the French league. So there's there's obviously that um that uh that part which resonates with them because they know that he can perform in that league. Uh I think the ones that were probably interested from the Premier League, according to rumours, Arsenal were quoting a lot higher and being a lot more resolute with the price. Um, for him, so it's not a major surprise. I, it, it's not. I, I thought maybe more clubs would be in for him, but it's not a major surprise that it is a French club that have come out and and paid the money. Juz,
1: do you think it's right that we would have been asking for more money from a Premier League club? Because I do think it's right. I think this is exactly how you have to play. If Monaco are paying forty million, I would want seventy from Chelsea.
2: Oh, Gav, absolutely. My head cannon is Chelsea were like, hey, how much do you want for Balogun? And Arsenal were just like, fuck off. That's what I like to believe. I think that's 100% right. There's no reason to strengthen rivals. I'd much rather sell to Monaco even for a lower fee, especially because we're getting these clauses. So, I mean, Chelsea can rightly get fucked. And also, mate, there's more chance of that sell-on clause being
1: activated at Monaco, right? Because if he goes to Monaco and he smashes it, you aren't going to get top clubs want to buy him whereas if he goes to Chelsea and smashes it they're just going to give him a 93 <laughs> plus one contract
0: i, I think oh, justins dog agrees good ahead, good ahead, good ahead, pass it. <laughs> um or was that the cat <laughs> <laughs> i hope that was it yeah <laughs> um i um no i i I think um, what you can see, because the, the fee was not was not that much, considering that he's, what, 22? I think, is he 22, 23? 22. 22. 22, right. So if he does incredibly well in the French League, let's say next season, and perhaps the season after you're hitting 24, um, you can see a Premier League come, club coming in 60, maybe 70. Um, and still that being a reasonable fee, for a Premier League club, for a striker, um, so it's you, you're, you're spot on because it's absolutely more likely that way than it going straight to a Premier League club for that same price. Because if it's Chelsea or you know a, a big uh, big club, we're not getting that fee. They're they're, they're going to put him on the long term contract and he, and he'll be on an extremely high wage, so it'll be hard for them to uh, to sell him on for anything higher than it is.
2: And I mean, I mean, I feel like um, a big portion of this is is the striker market. It's insane. Mm. Um, United paying what they paid for for Hoyland yeah, is is insane. And I I just feel like if Balogun even has a decent a decent season next season, he's gonna crush it in the transfer market.
1: I and I, like I said, I really. I really hope he does because it would be I mean it'd be good for us, but it'd also be good for him and you know, we live in now, Pass. I would I would like to see the US do well and I know obviously Justin's got uh, mm. Justin's got skin in the game with the US. So I would like to see the US number and, nine.
0: And, and I've no problem with him. I mean, I know there's Arsenal fans that are saying that he had an attitude problem. He might have had a bit, but I think he's just an um he's just a player that's ambitious. I I kind of admire players that I've said this before, whether it's my club or another club, but that they want to play that they want to be a regular. They don't want to just sit there. And I think I admire that he feels, hey, I've come off being one of the top goal scorers in, in the French League. I want to, I think I should be rewarded by regular football. And if that's not here, then make me move elsewhere. I, I, I feel good luck to the guy.
1: And he's 22 not 18. Yeah. He's at the age where he needs to be Leading the line somewhere, so yeah. I I don't blame him at all. There's no hard feelings at all from no. my point of view. For either, is. I think this is a good deal for the club, I think it's a good deal for Balogun. I think it's one of them where it's just a win win all round 100%.
0: Yeah, uh,
2: agreed.
1: I haven't heard anything else about any more outs. Have any of you heard anything about any more outs? I've literally heard nothing at all.
2: Well, we have a couple kids. Right, uh, Tyrese, John, oh, jules Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But I don't know, if,
2: you know. Nah. I mean, he's
1: just a loan to Derby, right? Yeah, it's jules. just I, a loan to Derby. about the. Uh, I meant more about. I don't know what. Yeah. What are we going to call them? So with Tierney and with Tierney and Balogun left, it's he, it's five. The. Uh, we can't the Expendables. The famous, yeah, the, expendables. Not, not the Famous five, <laughs> but the uh, the fucked off five. I don't know that whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. The uh, that's who I was talking about. I was talking about the other five members of the uh, the unwanted squad. Yeah.
0: Do you think there's one of them that we're going to get a fee for? No. No?
1: No, no, I don't. I think they're all going to go on loan next
2: week. Uh, Let's name them real quick. What do you guys think it is? All right, so uh,
1: Tavares, I think he's going to go on loan. Holding, I think he's going to go on loan. Sambi, I think he's going to go on loan. Cedric, I think he's going to leave with a big bag of cash the day after the Saudi transfer window ends. Pepe, I think he's going to leave with a big bag of cash the day after the Saudi window ends. Just
2: so holding is is the only one that I'm kind That's of holding I think. holding out for a fee. I think you know, him as well. Yeah, um, I, I think hope so.
1: I mean, to be fair, he deserves it. If I was a uh, if if I was a, a, a mid if I was a mid table Premier League club, I would absolutely have been chasing Kieran Tierney and Sambi If I was a lower half of the table club, I would absolutely have been chasing Rob Holding. These those are the ones that I don't get.
2: Mate, I, I mean, I I don't know. You guys tell me if this is offensive, but I I mean, he he's basically Conor Cody.
1: I think he's better than Conor Cody. But yeah, yeah, that's yes, what I'm saying. That's like, right. yes.
2: Yeah. So so yeah, I I think I think he'll get a deadline day, uh, fee, and it'll be up to the club to accept. And, I mean, and, and I, maybe it'll be, maybe but, Pepe with some menial fee from Saudi
0: Arabia
1: is possible.
2: Yeah, that's back in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't talked that's about your that.
1: hope, right? With Pepe, that is literally mm-hmm. the only hope. With Pepe, is, mm-hmm. yeah. is Saudi because if it's not Saudi, he's he's not going to Turkey. He's, you know, he's got he's got the best part of seven million quid owed to him. I, I don't blame him for taking the money. Pass. We've had this conversation already today. I, I when players sign a contract, I don't blame them for wanting to be paid. What's left no, of I don't the contract? Know so I've got no problem with, with Pepe insisting on the bag, especially when he's watched Kolasinac, Ozil, Mustafi, Aubameyang all get paid to leave. Paid Why the hell would he not? Yeah.
2: yeah. No, so, I am I'm, I agree. Can I say this? I actually hope we just loan Sambi Lukanka. I hope we don't sell him. I still... I know. I know, mate. But I... I, um, I still I, have faith in the player and I think his confidence is just like ground level right now I think if he could get with someone like Vincent company at uh Burnley I I think he would only raise his value even if he's never going to make it here you know I don't expect him to make it at Arsenal I think that's pretty much done but he could raise his level to a point to be probably another 35 million transfer fee I think if he has a good loan
1: my worry is he goes somewhere and doesn't play that yeah. that's my that's my worry with it right like he's been linked to brighton my worry is he goes to brighton and he just don't get any game time and then you've well, got it's another year of his contract gone and you're getting back a player that's worth less than when you gave him out
2: i think um you know with with brighton especially they they've got a mcallister and caicedo hole so he could kind of find his room between that 6 and 8 um, but yeah, I, But This I don't is know. the risk
1: you take though, Judge, right? This is the risk you yeah. take by loaning them out. Like we could yeah. have loaned Balogun to Ream and they might have had a young player coming through their youth team that started, scored a couple of goals and then Balogun not got any game time. So this is the risk that you're always going to take when you're doing these loans.
2: Yeah. 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 Loans are always risk. Of course. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. But I mean, I'd love to loan them to Brighton, even if he doesn't play, you know, Thirty-four games or whatever. I mean, I think it'd still be a good atmosphere for him. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I, I personally, I would personally, if we could get our money back on him, I would absolutely take that. And I know, Paz, you you would as well, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I I, I probably have him in lesser esteem than than you and Justin, but um, yeah, I I would. But uh, if there
2: is no other option, it's got to be alone. To be clear, if we could get our money back, like e like break even or profit. I'd take it too. Mm. I just I wouldn't take a loss on him yet. Mm. I think a loan could raise his I, value. I can see that because he's yeah. younger. Yeah. Um, but I think this would
0: be the last chance saloon yeah. loan wise. I don't. It has to be. I mean, his yeah. yeah. contract
1: is going to be running down. So it it, it yeah. But that's yeah. why this loan is so is so important because mm. I think yeah. you know you can't have a situation where he doesn't play yeah. another year ticks off.
0: That's why Burnley sounded interesting because of the company links, you see. Um, Company said he was going to be the next... It might be a bit more difficult.
2: Sorry? Company said he was going to be the next Yaya Torre. Yeah. He did. (laughs) I mean, he said that, yeah. Well, then why doesn't he
0: bloody buy him then?
2: (laughs) (laughs) 20 (laughs) million is a bargain for that. Exactly. That's a bargain for a Yaya Torre wannabe. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So what do you guys think about um, uh, the, the left back? Tavares? Yep, Tavares.
1: I think he's going to end up
2: going on loan somewhere. And
1: this, this is another one that worries me, to be honest with you, because it seems like Villa are the team that are in for him on loan. And Villa already have a first-choice left-back in Moreno. And I heard they wanted him as a backup. I I mean, I don't know. I just don't see the sense in loaning him somewhere to be a backup.
2: I don't either, to be honest. Pos- or I think um, he needs to go to a team that plays a three at the back uh like a wing back system he's never gonna do great uh in like a traditional like left back right back role wherever they put him um he's gotta be a wing back and uh yeah I I agree we shouldn't send him anywhere where he's gonna be a backup.
1: new sank mad though I'd rather have him backing up Saka than I would Pepe.
2: Who's who's that? Sorry.
1: I would rather have Tavares as Saka's backup than Pepe. I would be so interested to see you. Tavares on that right wing cutting in on that left foot
2: i i actually i would do i think his off the ball work is a lot stronger than pepe's and i think he fits into arteta's system more as a winger than he does as a fullback now not that he totally fits but that he fits more um i think he could be he'd be
0: more switched on defensively than pepe as
2: well wouldn't he it'd be like um who was that striker uh you guys know the one the the chaos striker we had twenty nine um scored four goals in that uh Emirates Sinoga? game. What's that? Oh you,
1: you said about Julio Baptist? Yeah.
2: Oh. Yep, oh Yaya,
1: Yaya. Yeah, Yaya. yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I think I think he could be a Yaya type scenario for us to just introduce chaos into a Well, just come on, score four goals in
1: the Emirates Cup and then we never see him again. You got it.
2: Oh, oh wait.
1: perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just to touch on something else, away from the transfers, because uh, uh, you know, until they happen, we, there's there's really not a lot to say. Mike Dean, did you all see this?
0: Ah, oh. oh man, we're going to be. Yeah. How much time we got? Uh, yeah, we got I we got about it. seven and a half. Was it on a podcast with Simon Jordan or something? Wasn't it? He
1: was, yeah. And man, uh, man. he was talking about the hair pull last year, the Tottenham and Chelsea one, and. uh He said, it's one of them, if I had my time again, what would I do? I'd send Anthony to the screen. I said to Anthony afterwards, I just didn't want to send you to the screen after what's gone on in that game. I didn't want to send him up because he's a mate as well as a referee. And I didn't want to send him up because I didn't want him to get any more grief than he already had. Mike Dean is corrupt. And I don't Mm -hmm. care. Say what you want. Mike Dean is corrupt. That game at Old Trafford will never, ever leave me. he's corrupt there's no doubt about it and pgmol's statement did you see their statement they came out and said any suggestion that mate this ain't a suggestion this is one of your employees on Mm. a public podcast telling Mm. you what he did this isn't a suggestion
0: it it's it really you know a lot of the time we've always we've said things that could be perceived as quite hyperbolic when we talk about Um, There is a corruption going on, or there's a little boys network and all of these things. And people could just turn around and say, yeah, you're just bitter because your team lost and it was a bad decision. But that, what he said, and I can't believe the front of the guy to openly come out and say, because he's a mate and because of the way the game was going, he did not want to rule on a decision that was actually right in your face, the correct decision to go and tell him to refer him to the monitor and make the correct decision, which would have been that goal would not have stood because he's a mate. That has got to be one of the most ridiculous and stupid comments one can make, but it also kind of backs up everything we've been thinking about these referees that they are all are all in it together. They're all a little network. There's no initiative taken with decisions it's all, and that's why sometimes I know you're not. I don't know actually, Gab. I know you're not a big fan of VAR, but I've always been an advocate for miking them up because why can't we hear what these fuckers say? But that's the reason we can't. We can't hear what they say because that's what they're thinking about—about about him being a mate and not wanting to put him in the lions' den and all this bullshit. It's appalling, appalling, and it just highlights everything we've been saying about
1: how shit the referees are in the Premier League. And Juz, it's still corrupt, right? It might not be biased. He didn't do it because it was this team or that team. But regardless, it is still corrupt. Whether it's just because it suits one team or there's a payment here or there, it doesn't matter. It is still
2: corrupt. 100%. And I would argue it still is biased because he did it for his mate. Um, Yeah, yeah,
1: just not towards one of the
2: teams. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, I think this is... I mean, it's destructive to the whole organization, right? Because I mean, mm-hmm. he openly admitted that he's biased towards calling a call because his mate had kind of a rough game already, and I, I, I can't, I, I can't get, I can't even understand why he would openly admit this on a podcast just you know a week later. This is shocking stuff. I think it. It um you know, it 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 cuts under everything the PGMOL is trying to do. I think it it undercuts the entire organization for one of their most experienced refs to admit that they're biased towards their friends. I mean, this is an absolute nightmare. And I'm I'm really curious to see the fallout of it, but maybe I'm just optimistic and hoping for change. It's just
1: one more example of why PGMOL needs to go. Like it just it should not exist. You I don't mind the referees having a union, but they shouldn't have this sort of power. The Premier League needs to be the ones that are in control of these officials. They have to be the ones that are in control of these officials. Perhaps what excuse is there at this point to have PGMOL running this racket?
0: Well, there is no excuse. There racket. is no excuse. Yeah. The problem the problem you have now, Gav, is that you're just gonna heighten the conversation because now every mistake that's made or everything that's not looked at by VAR Onana oh, no, no,
1: the other day. Um, you know Well, it's nearly every game this season, Pat. Nearly yeah. every, every game. Every game yeah. has had nearly something in game. it. I mean, just look at us on Monday night with Tommy Asher getting sent off and and are you not getting sent off?
0: Yeah. I I get the Tommy Asher one, they couldn't refer him to VAR anyway, because it was No, a they couldn't refer him to VAR.
1: Yeah.
0: They couldn't refer him to VAR, but but what what the the issue is the non interference that the Onana one we were talking was just in your face
1: absolutely well, I'm full of, stone full of last week I mean I don't know if you've seen the penalty award and the second yellow and red for Tim Ring, but it was insane it was not, yeah that,
2: yeah I, that. I think, yeah that's Lads, right. I'm I'm sure just all the refs were mates don't worry about it
1: yeah yeah no, but that's, he, he just probably didn't want you know didn't want his mate to feel bad.
0: What was yeah, exactly. um? What was that prat? So it's um, Dean. What was the M- Old Trafford one? Was that the Wenger to the stands one, or are you talking about oh. Martinelli? No I'm goal. About,
1: I'm talking about it was um the the forty nine game unbeaten one. That was Dean, wasn't it? No, it was Riley. Oh, was that Riley? No, yeah, that, was, that Riley. was Riley. It was yes, Riley. Yes, Riley. It was another yeah.
0: wanker as well. But yeah. Dean's yeah. always had a very self righteous attitude. Actually, yeah. a lot of ex players talk about him as an absolute prat. Like yep. he's a real pompous, arrogant. cunt. He's a narcissist, me, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that, to be honest, that interview highlights that, doesn't it? That yeah, you can't can wait on, to get on there in front of people. Uh, yeah. yeah, and just basically saying, throw all your fellow professional referees under the bus, and just say, I did it for a mate. He's a mate. I'm a good guy. It was a clear. It was a clear foul, but you know what? It was near the end of the game. Didn't want him being in a bad spot, so I'm going to sort a mate out. What fucking bullshit! absolute bullshit they are they're they're a stock, and i i they they shouldn't they shouldn't exist they should they i, I think we talked about bringing international referees in because I, yeah. we just have such a shit pool i think there's very few you can count and say are decent refs i i,
2: I think um uh, a suggestion i've heard recently and i know we're we're close out of time so i'll be quick um was a uh a like a third party professional company that monitors var and i think that's the the healthiest at least situation that i've heard like suggested um you guys have we don't really have the time i guess but um maybe this is something we could talk about later um yeah
1: we'll we'll revisit this in the future we'll see what we'll see what if anything oh, comes yeah. of this um, and no. we'll we'll revisit again. I just hope we don't have anything to talk about after Saturday. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing was absolute nonsense. I mean,
0: yeah, and I remember it's... that game vividly. I remember that was the Thomas Tuchel and uh, Conte
1: handshake. Yeah, the handshake when he won. And yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That yeah. was at the bridge. So I don't know why he was thinking he was that getting. Was my, into
1: that people. was my first thought. I mean, it would have made him popular.
0: Yeah, exactly, because they were at home. He's a fucking idiot. It yes. you know, makes you think more and more it's corrupt, doesn't it? Yeah. And I yeah. don't want to be an advocate for Chelsea, but that was that's appalling.
1: Yeah, I just It, I just it was we, appalling. Yeah. I just thought we had to we had to touch on that. It just it is yeah. too big and bad no, so yeah. not to. So, all right, guys. Well, thank you very much for tonight. I'm looking forward to getting absolute pelters for my Tierney takes. Um, yeah. So. <laughs>
2: I've prepared my tweet already. Oh,
1: yeah, oh thanks, mate. Put it right Come on, put it I, I can rely on you. All right, lads. <laughs> well um I will I will see you early next week when we'll go over the Fulham game and hopefully no corrupt refereeing. So I will uh, see you later, boys. Cheers, right. good night. Good night, everybody. Bye.